Welcome to the Potter's House Salmon Arm Podcast. We are a Bible-believing church located in beautiful British Columbia, Canada. We are proudly part of the Christian Fellowship Ministries with 3,000 churches around the world. We are a church focused on world evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Here we will share recent sermons from PHSA Church and other sermons from throughout our fellowship. I am Pastor David Bickford, and I will be your host for this podcast. I thank you for listening today, and we hope these messages are a blessing to you and bring you closer to God. Welcome back to the uh, Salmon Arm Potter's House podcast. Uh, My name again is David Bickford. I'm the pastor of the Potter's House here in Salmon Arm. And today I have a message entitled, What Hope Do We Have? Our Hope is in and through Christ. The text we'll be using today is going to be 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. That'll be our jumping off point. So if you have your Bibles or you're following along, you can can turn there. Of course, before we jump into that, though, I wanted to kind of go through an illustration I found from a guy named Halford E. Luckhawk, and it's titled Unfinished Business. One night at dinner, a man who'd spent many summers in Maine fascinated his companions by telling them of an experience in a little town named Flagstaff. The town was to be flooded as part of a a large lake for which a dam was being built. In the months before it was to be flooded, all the improvements and repairs in the whole town stopped. What was the use of painting a house if it was going to be covered in water in in the next six months? Why repair anything? The whole village was going to be wiped out anyway. So week by week, the whole town became more and more bedraggled, more gone to seed, more wabagon. Then he added, by way of explanation, where there is no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. So let's just quickly pray. Dear Lord God, I pray that you'd use this message to to reach the lost, Lord God, to work into people's hearts, Lord God, to bring them closer to Christ. And we give all the glory and praise and honor to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So George Bernard Shaw is perhaps one of the most renowned uh, free thinkers, liberal philosophers, and atheists. And this is another excerpt from one of his plays. In the play, it says, the science to which I pinned my faith is bankrupt. It counsels which should have established the millennium led instead directly to the suicide of Europe. I believed them once in their name. I helped to destroy the faith of millions of worshipers in temples and a thousand creeds. And now they look at me and witness the great tragedy of an atheist who has lost his faith. I find it interesting that he would write this, even in a play considering that he was an avid atheist. Some have even used this to presume uh, his turning away from atheistic beliefs, and we can only hope that he found Christ in his last days, but I don't believe that's what this this actual piece of his uh, play is saying. But when we start to think about this, we have to understand that there's some truth in in the at the core of this this heart, you know this this heartbreak that's in this play. The fact that life is built upon the very essence of hope. Life depends on hope. It doesn't matter where you are from or how you were raised or what you believe. Everyone needs hope in order to survive. If you wake up without any hope, then you will likely wither away in despair. This is true for both the believer and the unbeliever. 
A man or a woman has that has nothing to hope for will also have nothing to live for. And we can see this clearly in our own society. There are many instances that we could see today that give people an out when they have lost hope. The, deb the debate for assisted suicide is just another example of society losing hope. In times past, it was the growing drug epidemic. These attempts to escape from a life without hope hastens our society's decline. And I believe that the further we remove ourselves from the living God, the more hopeless our society is becoming. We are not meant to rely on our own understanding of hope. We are not meant to be filled with hope from distractions of this world. That is why all of the entertainment world does not satiate our soul's desire for hope. So let's look at our text this morning. And again, 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 9. The subheading of this text is, Praise to God for a living hope. Praise be to God and Father of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into the inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, and though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, these have come so that the proven genuineness of, our, of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through the, though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen. So then let's let's look at, you know, firstly, at what is hope? Right? We'll we'll look into that. And then we're going to look at sustaining hope as the as the second point. And our third, my third point this morning will be our hope being in Christ. But let's look first at defining hope. You know, what is hope? What does that mean to us? Well, to define it, the definition, the, the dictionary definition is that it's a noun, the feeling that what is wanted can be had or that events will turn out for the best. When used as a verb, it can be it can be uh, defined as to look forward to with the desire and reasonable confidence to believe, desire, trust, or to feel something desired may happen. We hope for an early spring to place trust, rely. Some other words that are similar to, to hope are anticipation, belief, confidence, expectation, faith, goal, optimism, promise. What is the opposite of, of hope? Hope, the opposite of the word hope is abandon or disbelief, distrust, doubt, forsake, despair, or fear. So I have another story here that I'd like to talk about. So there was a, I, I read this article and it's a very moving you know, story about a Nigerian cook who survived a shipwreck, but it wasn't any just regular shipwreck. This was a, a very interesting story. So a Kenny, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, was the only survivor in a crew of 12 when the boat capsized in May. It still haunts him. In addition with being saddled with survivor's guilt, some Nigerians believe he saved himself through black magic. 
The JASCON 4 was resting on the seabed upside down at a depth of 100 feet or 30 meters. The chubby cook survived on only one bottle of Coke. Two flashlights that he had found gave up after less than one day. In the dark, he had almost given up hope after three days when he suddenly heard the sound of a boat, a hammering on the side of the vessel, and then after a while, saw lights rising around the water's near him and then bubbling he said he knew it had to be a diver but he was on the wrong end of the cabin he came in but he was so fast i saw the light but before i could get to him he was already out i tried to follow him in the pitch darkness but i couldn't trace him so i went back his rescuers from the dutch company dcn diving were looking only for bodies and had already recovered four corpses when they came upon okenny when the diver returned, O'Kenny had to swim again to reach him, and still he did not see him. So, so O'Kenny tapped him on the back of his neck. And of course, the diver was afraid. When the diver saw his hand, he said, corpse, 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 into the microphone reporting up to the rescue vessel. When he brought his hand close to me, I pulled on his hand, O'Kenny said. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive, O'Kenny remembers hearing. O'Kenny described a surreal scene after the diver emerged into the air pocket. I knew he, I knew when he gave me water, he was observing me to see if I'm really human because he was afraid, he told the AP last Thursday. O'Kenny said he made a pact with God when he was at the bottom of the ocean. When I was under the water, I told God, if you rescue me, I will never go back to the sea again. He had hope. O'Kenny, in his darkness, was looking for something to cling on to. He turned to God in his in the darkness, with his his belly of the whale kind of situation at the bottom of this ocean floor, and just a small pocket of air, clinging to hope, clinging to hope that God would bring him through this ordeal. And eventually, you know, thank thankfully. He he was his he was faith was rewarded and he was saved out of that darkness. But he had to work at sustaining his hope. He had to work at building in, you know, at not allowing himself to fall into despair so that when the divers did come, he was able to act quickly, promptly and help expedite his own rescue in that situation. For he could have he could have withered away in those three days. And then when the divers come, he could have missed his opportunity. But no, he, he was able to maintain his hope in the darkness and ready to act at a moment's notice when he saw the light. So that brings me to my next point, which is sustaining hope. How do we sustain hope in our life? The unbeliever will fill his days with entertainment, pleasure, friends, family, or maybe career goals. All right? These are all things, you know, career goals are are things that we battle with. I've battled with that in my life, wanting to get to the, the next level of, of an organization or the next level of, you know, corporate life. And for those of you who don't, might not know, I've, I've, I've done, I've worked for some pretty big companies. I've worked for large oil companies. I've worked for, you know, large you know, distributorships and industrial distributorships. I've worked for a lot of you know pretty pretty neat organizations. I've worked for the United States Navy in a in a, a very critical capacity for you know being a subsafe hydraulics mechanic. 
aircraft mechanic. And, and those career goals, they grab you because they give you the, the immediate hope of, of money, power, authority. But these things are not wrong in themselves. In fact, these examples can help us to better understand the foundations of hope. In Hebrews 11, verse 1, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So here are the foundations for hope. You have to have belief, faith, confidence, expectation. The beginnings of hope are rooted in your belief that today will pass and that tomorrow will bring new opportunities. The sun might be setting today, but it will rise in the morning. When you look at Genesis, the first day starts at night, then the sunrise, and when it sets, that is the beginning of the second day. That is why the Jewish Sabbath starts on a Friday evening and lasts until a Saturday evening. The day of rest is the Sabbath. I find it intriguing that the beginning is the darkness with the belief that the day will grow in the light. In our culture, we typically start our day in the light and end it in darkness, but really it's the other way around. The day starts in darkness and ends in light. The new day doesn't dawn, but rather it sets. In Genesis 1, 1 through 5, it says the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw the light was good and separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And there was evening and there was morning on the first day. That means every day has to start with the belief that the sun will rise. Belief is the very beginning of hope. If we use simple examples in our lives, most of us wake up and believe that we will get dressed and have something to eat for breakfast. That belief is solid because we have faith that the food in the fridge is not spoiled and the cereal in the pantry is not too stale. So now, in that simple example, our belief has moved over to faith. We have faith that nothing has changed from the time we went to bed until now when we are up and hungry for the new day. The root of belief and faith is often our experiences. Every day the sun rises, every day we have breakfast. These experiences give us confidence and our belief then faith is supported by our experiences and builds a foundation of confidence. Once we have gotten to the stage, we begin to have expectations of certain outcomes. We expect that the sun will rise and set. We expect that the cereal we are looking to eat will be there and there will be enough milk for our breakfast. So the foundations of hope are belief, faith, confidence, expectation. What happens when the cereal's not there? What happens when the expectations are not met? Your confidence is shaken. Your faith is tested. Do you lose faith and throw out your beliefs? Our beliefs are challenged all the time. Our experiences can change our level of faith, can shake our confidence and dash our expectations. There's another seafaring story. There was a passenger who fell from a cruise ship who was treading water for 20 hours to survive. So a passenger from a, from a cruise ship in the Gulf of Mexico late last month says he has no recollect, recollection of how he ended up in the water. We'll touch on that in a minute, too. James Michael Grimes, 28, said he spent a harrowing 15 to 20 hours treading water before he was rescued the day before American Thanksgiving. 
Grimes spoke with several news outlets last week, sharing the details of his ordeal and told ABC News that he and 18 other family members were on a cruise to Cozumel, Mexico, aboard the carnival ship Valor. They were having some drinks on the evening of November 23rd, celebrating his win of an onboard air guitar contest when he told his sister he was going to the washroom. So right now, you know, I don't know how I fell off. Well, maybe it had to do with a little bit too much of the, of the spirits other than the Holy Spirit. But I digress. Grimes' credit, his survival, he Grimes credited his survival to his faith, telling CNN he feels blessed to be here. The Lord gave me the will to live. It's a miracle, he told the outlet. I wasn't going to give up at any point in time, just saying, this is it. This is the end. It never came to that. I was determined to swim until my arms and legs could not hold my body up anymore. It was like a 20-hour baptism. This is a, a pretty you know, crazy story. And for anybody who's spent any time at sea, I haven't spent a ton of time at sea, even though I was in the Marine Corps. I think the longest period of time I spent out on the water was about two weeks for a training op. And I can tell you, uh, it's not my favorite place to be. You know, it... Um, especially on a helicopter carrier, everything's smelling like diesel fuel. And uh, the the flight pattern that we had to fly when we were out there is what they call starboard D. So you're just flying in circle and circles and circles and circles endlessly all day long. It wasn't wasn't something I considered to be a, a fun adventure time. But the thought of being in what we call, we used to joke, it's like being in the drink, right? You drop off into the drink, the ocean. We do a lot of training in the military for for just that kind of idea, like in helicopters, because if a helicopter goes, you got to be able to get out egress from the helicopter and, and be able to tread water just like this guy did. Luckily, we would have, if you survived the actual impact, we would have like flotation to help us. But the thought, the thought, uh, that terrifying thought of being in the dark in the ocean is is incomprehensible you know at times even to, you know for me it's just yeah i would so the imagine like the imagination runs wild with this here's a guy who maybe was a little bit tipsy a little bit you know you know lit from drinking after his celebration he falls into the ocean and somehow he was able to immediately start you know treading water you know thank god because he's in this position now where his life depends on his action but one of the other key things in situations like this is not falling into despair. You have to be able to, like he said, just keep treading water. You don't look at, well, I'm I'm tired, I'm exhausted. You have to keep treading water. But eventually, you know, what we see from his story is he turns to God to just cry out and, and you know, in hope that he will be saved. And he says it in his own words, it was like a 20-hour baptism, because I guarantee you, treading water or not, in the ocean, you're going in and out of the water. Your head is coming in and out of the water all the time as you're trying to tread water, because the ocean moves. So he was constantly, yeah, like a 20-hour baptism, going down to death and back to life, down to death and back to life. But what did he find his hope in? He didn't find his hope in his strength. He didn't find his hope in the liquor that he was drinking. He didn't find his hope in the friends that were left on the boat. He didn't find his hope in anything other than his God. And that brings me to my final point, which is our hope is in Christ. Our hope is in Christ. The world today is constantly trying to steal our joy and our hope. 
In an era of constant entertainment, we are bombarded with the most horrible of sins on a nearly constant basis. There are wars and rumors of wars. In fact, everything is a war, a battle, a struggle for justice, whether it is someone's opinions or beliefs. If it goes against the truth that you hold, then it is an attack, right? Gone are the days uh, the you know, bygones be bygones, live and let live. Now it is all destruction, doxing, cancel culture, you name it. On the world page, it is Russia's evil, Ukraine is evil, no America's evil, no China's evil, or is it the UK monarchy is evil, or the WEF is evil, World Economic Forum. Everything that is considered good by one group is automatically considered evil by another group, even as a, even if a fast food chain decides to remain closed on a Sunday for Christian religious reasons of the ownership, well, then that is evil and bigoted to people who think they should remain open so they can get their fast food fix. In this era of constant battle, it's understandable that we would be tired. Fatigue is a real thing when you are constantly at war. So how do we keep going? What hope do we have? Where can we seek refuge? Where can we find joy, peace, and rest? The world would have you believe that there is no hope, no joy, no peace, no rest. The very idea of evolution, atheism, and many of the other world religions is that there is no hope, that life, that this is all that life is, and that there's nothing to look forward to beyond this very temporary existence. That once you're gone, you're gone. A lot of people will use this freedom of nothingness to allow them to act however they want in life. As if there's no justice for the wrongs committed in life. So again, I ask, what hope do we have? As Christians and believers in Jesus Christ, our hope is in and through Christ Jesus. 1 Peter 1 verses 3 through 9 again, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his great mercies. He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into the inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all of this, you are greatly rejoiced, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that proven genuineness of your faith or the great or of a greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, honor, when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you loved him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your soul. 2 Corinthians 3, 4-6 through in verse 12, such confidence we have through Christ before God, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competence comes from God. He has made us competent as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit, for the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Therefore, since we have such hope, we are very bold. Our hope is in Christ. Our belief is in salvation through Christ. Our faith is in the power of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our confidence comes from our own salvation and the miracles that we have experienced. Our expectation is the fulfillment for, of the future promises spoken in the Bible. We have a glorious future in Christ. If I could have every head bowed, every eye closed real quick, if, unless you're driving, of course. Jesus Christ saved us and set us free from the bondage 
the bondages. He continues to work in our hearts every day through the Holy Spirit. God the Father sacrificed his son so that we can have hope of life eternal. And the belief, and it comes to the belief in Christ, the faith in his promises, the confidence is to proclaim his gospel, and the expectation of the kingdom to come. If this message resonated with you, but you don't know where you stand with Jesus Christ, that can change in an instant. All you have to do is repent of your sin and accept him as your Lord and Savior. And then through grace, you will have salvation. And you can do that simply by say, repeating after me, Dear Lord God, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die for me. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. I thank you for the gift of salvation through grace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining with me this morning for this message. I, I hope that, that it's resonated with you, that it's helped you. If it has, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. And I will talk to you all again next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the PHSA Potter's House Salmon Arm Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Potter's House underscore Salmon Arm to keep up to date on what we are doing. Join the conversation and discover how Jesus Christ can revolutionize your life.